Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome to another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And if you're a baby boomer like myself, then you've probably experienced the aging parents where we are stepping in and probably taking over like they were once parents to us. We become their parents. And we're finding out that we need to solve issues for them and we need to sort housing. There's so many issues that come up. And sometimes they're a real surprise and they can happen at any moment. And today in the studio with me are Les and Louise Mace, who have a fantastic business, New Way to Stay. So we're going to find out all about how to tackle the absolute minefield ahead of us in some cases of ageing parents. Welcome, Les and Louise. Hi, Karen. Thanks, Karen. You've both had amazing careers elsewhere, and you now you've come together. Mm. And I'm the boss for real this time. Yes, managing director. <laughs> managing director, I love it, Louise. Is he a good employee? He's trainable. I'll He's put it trainable. That way. <laughs> ah, was he trainable in marriage? No, I do, I do I was, my best. You do your best. <laughs> it's fantastic. So I'm going to tell the listeners how I came across you. October 2017, I found an article in the newspaper about you and I pulled that article out thinking one day I'm going to interview you and I filed it in a filing space that was unknown to me and when I was cleaning up the other week, I found that. So I private messaged you on Facebook and invited you to come in and thank you for saying Mm. yes because this is such an important topic. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. So let's just step right into it. And what motivated you to start your aged care advocacy business? There are a few things, but the main thing was, um, Karen, about five years ago, I was um, enjoying quite a successful career. I'd worked in healthcare and aged care for 25 years. And Les and I were building a new house. We have grandchildren arriving. I was was 49, about to turn 50. And my father, who had also had a great life and lived as a bachelor right on the harbour in Manly and, um, you know, mates and good health, kept fit, suddenly had a, a health episode not long after our daughter's wedding in 2014. And from there, there was a domino of problems that got worse and worse over the following two years that I just did not see coming. And to be honest, I thought, because I'd worked in healthcare and aged care in pretty senior roles and knew the industry, that he was in good hands with me because I'd be pretty good at juggling my big career, my grandchildren, my marriage, my new house and my father. But um, once I really dived in as having that first-hand experience, it was a real eye-opener to realise that it is very, very confusing and stressful and to watch him suffer and to be so helpless at that time, help more helpless than I thought I would be, uh, really resulted in 
well, the whole story is that he died in 2015, the day after Father's Day, and he died in hospital. And all of the solutions that I tried to put in place with him with home care, there were so many barriers and confusing loopholes that we hadn't considered. Time off work, my career was jeopardised. I ended up having to leave my job just before he died because it became increasingly impossible to give him the support he needed and still maintain my job. So after he passed away, um, I had a lot of soul-searching to do and um, a lot of reflecting, thinking, how can that happen? I I had been going to conferences and learning about aged care and the wonderful services that are out, and there are so many, really, and there are um, amazing services, there are average services. We have the My Aged Care website, which is full of wonderful information, but you really need to know how to use Mm. a computer if you're going to get on there and do that. And at the same time, Les... Uh, has a, a, or had a career in financial services and I was going to conferences with him and I knew a lot of the financial um, advisors were really proactively trying to learn more about supporting ageing clients and the journey from a financial perspective. So, yeah, anyway, it occurred to me that my father um, was in that category, which is quite common now, where you have asset wealthy people in their 80s um, on a pension or part pension, not a great deal of cash. Um, and, you know, how could he have stayed at home and had, had used some of the money or had a better financial arrangement or a legal arrangement than he had? And um, I thought, wouldn't it have been good if there'd been some sort of advocate I could have turned to who could cover all of my questions put me in touch with a good solicitor, help Dad with better financial advice, Mm. um, find a home care provider that could work within his budget. You know, even he didn't need much decluttering, but we do see a lot of people. But his home, he needed mobility equipment, he needed rails put in his bathroom, and we felt like we were just doing everything at the last minute in a knee-jerk reaction. So, yeah, that's basically where I came up with the business. I thought, I want to be that advocate. I want to create a business where I cover all of those areas but in a way that I introduce and connect our clients to people that we've researched already and trust and are proud to put forward. So we, we become more or less what the child might normally try and struggle to do while they're also trying to have their life. Well, congratulations on that because I personally know I lost my dad in 2016 at age 86 and he was a really strong, healthy man till eight months prior to that. Hmm. And... It was a real struggle for us. Fortunately, my sister lived in the same town as my mum and very close by and probably bore a lot of the the brunt of what was actually happening. And, you know, mum and dad live in a two-storey house. Now, mum's 92 this year and she's still alive, but we had to put in, you know, a a mobile staircase to, you Mm -hmm. know, sit in chair to go up and down, Mm. which, thank God, we have that. And the grandkids love it. Yeah. You know, it's a great toy to ride <laughs> Nanny's chair or Gigi's chair, great-grandmother. <laughs> and, you know, there was a lot of things that we had to put in place for her, for him. And unfortunately, he did end up in palliative care for the last three weeks of his life. But it was hard going. Mm. And sometimes the person themselves aren't easy going about it either. My dad put up every obstacle possible mm, mm. in, you know, things in personality came mm. out that, 
made it difficult to deal with as well because he's frustrated and struggling and mm. scared and scared. scared it's yeah it's something that we're all scared of you know it's it's one of those inevitabilities that is either going to happen or not i but, think you know. part, part of it as well is that um, people leave it too late to do um anything about they they don't have um, a time to plan and to think and discuss as a family or discuss with mum or dad what it is that they they want um, so often the they find themselves in this situation, we have to do something, we have to do it now. They tend to make poor choices, they don't tend to get advice, and um, they don't get the best outcomes. So our business is all about giving people the um, you know, the ability to, to do the planning, to think about it. Um, and if they get themselves in a situation where they are um, caught up and um, have to do something quickly, at least we know the answers. We've done the research, we've got... Um, we're really very high quality business partners that we work with mm. so we can put the solution so in place so important yeah do you realize you well you you do know you're just doing an amazing service out there you've got an amazing service yeah we've had so much wonderful feedback yeah we well let's see if we can um you know get it out there even more that this these things are available and for people who don't know that these services available this is really important conversation Les, how did you come into the business? I had a long and successful career in um, financial services, 42 years. And um, uh, the whole financial services industry is, is going through somewhat of a revolution at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it, was a, it was a good time for me to exit the, um, the, the industry. Um, Louise had started the business and she'd been working on it for a little while um, before I, I joined. So for me, it's um, it's about being able to make uh, a difference in in people's lives. Uh, we can improve the quality of the the person's life, the, the older person, or the family, uh, and we can create um, solutions that you know that that suit everybody. So, to me, at the back end of my career, I, I guess it's an unusual thing to be starting a, a new business, but it's very exciting because we we can make a difference in in people's lives and. It's a matter of getting the, the word out and helping as many people as we can. It's an awesome gift. So the boss over here, Louise, did you have to put in a resume? Uh, she knew me pretty well. I mean, the, the interview process has been going on for, going on for many years. So, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I just had to ask. <laughs> and how were you compared to the other applicants? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, must have done okay. I must have done okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some. Wonderful to see husband and wife teams working together and doing it well. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge working together as a, you know, for the first time is a challenge, but um, it's great fun as well. I mean, we get up, we live and breathe the business. Uh, we go for a walk in the morning, we sit down, we have a board meeting uh, in a coffee shop, uh, and then we walk back to work and, and get stuck into it. I mean, it's, it's, it's good fun. Yeah, I like uh, the way that we can actually work now. Many people work from their homes and have boardrooms in coffee shops I think Mm. it's absolutely wonderful and I see people with little laptops and you know sitting there going and I think yeah one day that's going to be me totally (laughs) Summer Wind by Sinatra who would like to talk about this song oh well I for the first three years I cried every time Summer Wind came on my father was a huge Frank Sinatra fan and um when he, you know, after he passed away, it was in September, just before summer. So I made sure that that was um, playing 
at St Matthew's in Manly in the Corso as these beautiful white ladies' funerals carried him carried him out <laughs> of Aww. the church. Summer Wind played and, I, yeah, and I, yeah, I just, I love it too. So, so. a tribute to his yeah, life. Yeah, it's a tribute to Dad. We'll really enjoy this. If you want to have a cry, you just go <laughs> right ahead. Thanks. You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Welcome back. I have Les and Louise Mace from New Way to Stay. And Louise and Les, I don't mind whichever butts in to answer this, but (laughs) who do you find reaches out mostly for your help? I would say it's a real mix, Karen, Um, probably been 50-50, maybe a little bit more the children because they're the ones that are trying to find solutions proactively for their parents and the parents are often already in a crisis when the calls come to us rather than um, we get the odd one wanting to plan ahead but normally that's the case. There's a crisis and the older parent is, there's too much going on to make phone calls and research and the the children or the neighbours do that for them. And I think sometimes, and I'm just speaking from experience, the older person is in so much stress at the time Mm. that they find it hard to think things through clearly. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. They're facing a major change in their life, so it's a very difficult time for them. Yeah. So what sort of obstacles did the 50s plus children struggle with when it um, when they reach out to you for advice oh there's a number of uh, obstacles and there, I, I don't know if you've heard of the sandwich generation but there's a lot written about this sandwich generation where people that are 45 50 plus are already um children they've got children that are in high school doing their hsc mm-hmm. parent people that had children a bit later or they've got grandchildren um they've got careers and they're usually senior careers by the time you're late 40s and 50s. You, you know, a lot of people have reached a, quite a big pinnacle of where they're at. So the obstacles are juggling. All of that already was a juggle. And then suddenly they have these very complex needs of an ageing parent, which don't get less. Usually they get more and more. So um, the sandwich generation is a very real thing in the 21st century and getting bigger and bigger. And, and if anyone Googles a sandwich generation, you'll see pages and pages of it. Yep. People that are sandwiched between ageing parents and all of those other things I just mentioned. Mm. I can relate to that, although in my family, my mum had grandchildren that were also able to step in and help because they were just that little bit older. They were already mm. in careers of their own mm. and and more than willing to help, which is a wonderful thing, mm. um, and spent a lot of time making time for my father at, at that stage mm. in his life. The, the issue, Karen, is always uh, for them, where do I start? Um, I know what the issues are, but where do I start? Where do I look? And um, the first place, obviously, that we would recommend people start to look at is the My Age Care website. Mm-hmm. gives a whole lot of information, very, very good website. But it, that, then that just sort of uncovers the complexity of the whole situation Mm. Um, so okay i know now roughly what i have to do but how do i do it and that's when it gets very difficult with each situation you see is there a one-size-fits-all approach never it's it's like every every person's life is different every person's middle life early life later life is different so that's where we have our business model because we, we get to know them and really listen and tailor the solutions that they want as a family, as an individual. 
So, yeah, I think that's part of the problem with um, a lot of the, the websites and the portals are great, but they are very much designed to cookie-cutter scenarios and life just isn't like that. And, you know, there's some baby boomers that aren't so great on websites. Yeah, yeah. that's right. For some of us that have been in careers where we've had to adjust to using computers, we're all au fait with that. Mm. But there's others that have been tradies or whatever that aren't used to that. Mm. Mm. And look, even if you're good at it, to be honest, you know, my aged care website has got so much in it. It's a creature that's been evolved over necessity in time. But because there's so much in it, it's created a whole other problem. It's very, very confusing. Um, and, and I think pretty well everybody will say the same thing mm. about, that, about that process and going into my aged care. The next thing I'd like to talk about is the Royal Commission that's coming up. There's so much information and conversations at the moment about the treatment of elderly in aged care facilities. And, you know, you, you, you see the absolute horror stories. I know there's some absolutely wonderful stories out mm. there too. Can you give us some feedback on the aged care yeah, look, issue. yeah, um, it is. It's um, We have such a hugely growing population of, of ageing, you know, that it's growing at an unprecedented percentage that we didn't even see the ABS as a standard by the statistics, um, at how, and which is great. We're all living longer and, you know, our children and grandchildren are highly likely to live over 100. But as a consequence, we're not coping. Now. We don't have enough beds. We don't have enough aged care facilities and people, uh, more and more people are turning to aged care facilities and if they don't get the right advice when they go in, there are problems and it's what happens. If people wait for a crisis, they sell the house in a fire sale, they take the first bed they can and um, they haven't always done the right due diligence or research or had the right professional, legal or financial advice before they go in. So I would say don't be afraid of going into residential care if that's what you want, but make sure you do your due diligence first and get the right type of advice. The funny thing is in life, we plan our careers in a lot of cases. We look at finances and homes, and, but we don't, we don't often plan our leisure time and our retirement, mm. and mm. we probably don't plan that time in our life for our ageing care needs. Mm. Would, would that be a correct statement? Very yeah, correct. That's very correct. I mean, I've spent many years working with, um, with financial planners and very good at talking about um, uh, wealth creation strategies, retirement strategies, um, some pension strategies. But the conversation rarely, if ever, gets to what happens at the, you know, the end of life, the um, situation where someone needs to, um, to go into a home. Or, uh, or wishes to stay at home in their old age. So not used to having those conversations. Um, and we'd like to encourage many, many more people to do that. I think it's really important. And I know even I'm probably guilty of that because with my ageing fearlessly, I talk about what are you doing now? How are you even are you looking at a passion in life, something that you really want to do, but I'm not looking at, well, the end that you're looking at. And mm. I think that's something that we need to take a very close look at in our lives as to how we are mm. going to manage this and how you want your children to help you manage it if you have children. Mm. I mean, I don't have children, so I just say to my nieces, you want my inheritance? You'll have to look <laughs> after me. You know, it's, this, it's that sort of thing. Is We all need to really take a good look at that. And it doesn't have to be a morbid look. 
Not no. at all, no. In fact, it's a very positive thing. Most people really would prefer to stay at home in their own home where their memories are and, you know, people can visit them. I've never met anyone that said, I really want to go into residential care. You know, it's really put my hand up. <laughs> Most yeah. people just don't want that. But it is possible to stay at home if they work it out, particularly in advance, particularly that plan. Work it out and get a plan in advance, financially, practically, all those things, because our bodies do age. And not many people, you know, pass away at 105, still jogging jogging 10 kilometres a day and feeling fabulous. Yep. Hear that body? You do age. <laughs> yeah, get that right. And I know that. And even though I'm a fairly fit and active person, I know I'm not capable of doing some of the things that I used to do. Mm. But I'll always make a challenge there for myself. Moon River. <laughs> Over to Les on that one. Well, Moon... Moon River. Um, Moon River was the the song that we got married to. Um, it's um, Louise's favourite song. Uh, also, we, um, we we built our our dream house together in Clareville a couple of years back. We named that Moon River. Oh. So yeah, it's it, we've we've built a um, a family around the our dream of Moon River, uh, and, and yeah, we just we love it. So this partnership is a real love story. I love it. <laughs> Getting all, you know, I love to see couples that function so well together and that whole family unit that's supported. And, mm. and yes. I know you put just as much love into your business. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. I am with Louise and Les Mace in the studio talking about New Way to Stay, a business to assist the baby boomers to keep their parents at home and to source the facilities that they need later on in life to make sure that they're living the life that they really want to. Louise and and Les, how is it possible for someone to remain safely in their home? Um, Well, my advice to anyone, even if there's just a little bit happening in in their mobility or day-to-day activity that's affecting their independence, my advice uh, for the average person is to think about having an ACAT done and that is through the My Age Care website. That's a very easy thing to do. You, you just, or even if you just use the phone book, you ring them on a one three hundred number, and um, so they send somebody out. You book it. They send somebody out to your home, and they sit and they're lovely. All the ACAT assessment nurses that the government send are lovely, and they'll sit with uh, your mum or dad or yourself, uh, and ask questions about how you get around through the day, what you eat. You know, just to sort of get an understanding from their perspective how much uh, care or extra support might be needed that the government might be able to help with. And uh, they also ask for um, access to your GP's files. Um, you give permission for that or not. And then after about a week, they go away and then they cl- they give um, each client a category and it goes from one to four. Four are high-needs home care package. Uh, one is very low care, two, you know, it goes up like that. And so what that does, it's, it's a passport really, it, gives you, it puts them in the system 
um, and it gives them a number. Um, so should something, one, should something happen and they do suddenly need respite care or residential care and there's absolutely necessary, they can't have either of those things unless they have had their ACAT done. Mm-hmm. So it means that's already done. But two, um, our government has um, put together a home care package which has changed in the last year or so called Consumer Directed Care. And um, that means that people now have far more opportunity to direct the types of services that they want out of the funding that government allocates them. The allocation of funding is determined by the, the scale, whether one, two, three or four. So obviously four it's higher, one it's lower. Um, and it's it's not it's not bad. It's a, it's a little bit means tested too. And there's mm-hmm. um, but it it is a good thing. And you know we've all paid our taxes for a long time. So why not take advantage of it? We find a lot of clients get a bit scared about um, having an ACAT done because they think it's the step where people are going to put them into a nursing home. It's not that at all. It's a proactive step forward to just the first thing. Get in line for your package if you can get one. And um, if why not get a little bit of help around the home sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, I was speaking to a friend of mine who is a specialist doctor. She's actually an emergency specialist and she was talking to me a little bit about the fears of that older generation uh, going to hospital. They think, you know, something has gone wrong, they might have developed a bit of pneumonia. They don't want to go because they think Mm. they're just going to send me somewhere and I'm not going to come home. And sometimes um, they're right, yeah, Karen. Sometimes that happens. You know? Yeah, that, mm. and they are. But that, that fear that they have mm. is, um, it's so real. Yeah, it's very real fear, yeah. And you can, you can understand, you know, they've got this, this lovely space of their own, their space. And yeah. often they, often they um, suffer in silence too. And, they, and because of that fear, they don't speak up to their neighbours, their children, their family about things and that are happening that they might be getting a bit forgetful or take, forgetting to take their medication, not eating properly, you know, not getting out, getting like there's a lot of loneliness too because they can't get out as easily as they used to because of for different reasons. So yeah, I think this is a really positive step and I encourage anyone that's listening, if you are feeling that way and a bit alone, don't be afraid to ring one the one three hundred number and have that ACAT done. It's um the government wants people to stay at home now. That is the that is a massive cause uh, and every that's what everybody wants to do if they can help you do that this is the first step to take to get yeah. that done and then of course um if it's if it's high needs the sa- unfortunate thing karen is that because we have such a high demand there's a two-year waiting list for a level four so i would also say <laughs> get in the queue sooner rather than later because there are so many people getting in the government's just released a whole lot more packages and they keep doing that to try and cope with the demand and the other thing, of course, consider private services. You know, if you can afford, afford it, that yeah. or you can get good financial advice to help you find a way to manage that. Um, don't don't, don't be, have too much hung up on the home care package and sitting around waiting for that either. So in talking about finances, how do people plan for their financial future aligned with the goal of even remaining at home? Les, okay. you're... Probably the expert in this, having been a financial planner. Yeah. In fact, I've um, run financial planning businesses. We don't actually give financial planning advice, but we refer people to um, a range of people that that are qualified specifically in this area. But to to answer your question, a lot of people just don't plan for it. But what they should do is that they should seek professional advice. And the aged care advice is a specialist area, 
So not every financial plan is going to be able to adequately cover it. So they need to um, ask their financial planner whether they have experience in that field. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then they really need a referral to somebody that um, that does. And there, there are a few of them out there. We work with um, a couple of brilliant financial planners, um, one here on the Northern Beaches, um, that, that face these situations every day. So the answer to the question is really that um, people need to seek professional advice. There are consequences if you don't do that. We, uh, we, we've worked with a client that decided to sell their house um, and downsize their, their property. By doing that, it affected their financial future. They downsized so far that when they decided they did want to stay at home, not go into, a, into care, they mm. didn't have another, a spare room, for argument's sake, for the, the carer to be in. So all those things come into consideration uh, if you're doing a, 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 an aged care plan. Yeah. Plus there's also benefits, as Louise was saying, through the ACAT system. There are, you're entitled to quite a number of benefits, um, but you, you're never going to be aware of them unless you're a specialist in that area. So seek advice, I think, is the answer. And, and I'll just add one more thing too with going into retirement living or um, as well. A lot of people are choosing that rather than residential care, just low care. And I know we get, I work with or have a lot of contacts with RVO and Waterbrook and a lot of them. Um, a lot of people say, I didn't see that in the contract. I didn't know that was going to happen. The contracts are quite complex um, mm-hmm. and it is, I would say, one of the most important things you can do is have your solicitor look over with a fine tooth comb, um, a contract before going into retirement living and uh, a qualified financial advisor. Personally, I would have both mm-hmm. from a financial perspective and a yes. legal perspective. Um, don't don't j- jump into it and try and just think, oh, I've got Uncle Ernie knows, knows that stuff and he, he can read it and, and I'm sure we'll be fine. It's How many people it. don't read the fine print? Too many. Yeah. <laughs> Too many. I'm guilty as charged. I mean, the fine print's there for a reason. Mm. And people pay very little attention to it. Yes, that's true. And there are enormous benefits um, financially if you know how to structure a financial arrangement going into residential care or retirement villages. And it is it is absolutely worth it, I believe, to pay that fee up front and get that professional advice. You, you, the returns more than the track more than compensate yeah. what you get out of it. It saves a lot of complications for your own family that are stepping in to help you. Yes, mm. in the long run, you know, preparing if you want to do something for your family, part of it is that preparation. Yeah, for that, for that time ahead, yes. yep. because it just makes things all that more seamless. Yeah, and and don't feel pressured or rushed I'd say to two people too they're well more normally that happens with residential care people residential care are businesses and they want people they want that bed filled and you know they have a responsibility a lot of them to give um, a respite bed for a number of weeks before a decision is made and they do that and they give the contract but they Mm. want a decision made so that that bed is filled as soon as possible so a lot of people feel quite pressured um, and I say, don't, you know, remember you're an individual and you can make your own decisions. And even if you do feel pressured and you decide to move into that residential care, you don't have to stay there. You can change your mind. Mm. It's, um, but get the advice. You're not locked in forever no, if you don't want to but be. the advice is all about that professional advice. Cool change by the Little River Band. <laughs> I'm looking at whichever one wants to answer. <laughs> well, yes, I, I selected that one. We, we have a love of sailing. We're sailors. When we, when we first met, uh, it's one of the things that drew us together. 
Um, we bought our own boat uh, about nine or so years ago, and a little yacht that we spend a lot of time on. So it's it's very it's very close to to our heart. We love the water. Is it called Cool Change? No. no. I just no. thought you might have named the boat Cool no. Change. We're not that cheesy. No. I think Glenn Shorrock had um, a yacht called uh, Cool Change. Yeah. Um, so that's where that came from, I think. But um, no, the, the yacht's called Gazelle. Gazelle. Dances like a gazelle. Yeah. <laughs> Little River Band, just such a brilliant band for Australia. Great Australian um, band. Yeah, yeah, and bring people so much joy in our generation. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God, we are so lucky. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. New Way to Stay founders, Louise and Les Mace are here in the studio today, giving us some great information on keeping parents at home and the whole age care system, which is quite a minefield when it comes to navigating. Louise, how about the process? Okay, so the process is a pivotal part of the whole um, um, consultancy arrangement. We generally have a brief phone call with the client first to ascertain what their needs are or their parents' need, whoever contacts us. And then uh, if it sounds like you know they've got goals that we could help, I go out to the home and meet with that family or that person to have a better understanding of what they what they want, where they're at, what their crisis is or isn't. So it's hands on, face to face. Very yeah. hands on. Very important. It's a very cup personal. of tea. It's very. It's like I need to. I need a relationship. I need to know. I need to. And, and you know, I meet beautiful people. I must say that's one of the most rewarding parts of my job is the interaction with these extraordinary people in these circumstances and part of the the trust that you build is a face-to-face trust absolutely absolutely the connection that we get um so i sit and i listen to what it is is their current situation why have they reached out to me what is it that they're looking to achieve um and then we look at all of the options and it might be nine times out of ten well ideally we'd love mum dad would like to stay at home but we can't see how that could possibly work through affordability practicality the the building um, number two, well, if that doesn't work, well, maybe we could go, you know, go into retirement care. Or three, maybe we could do a granny flat at the back of our house. You know, the, how, I, I basically help support the conversation as to exploring those options. Um, take down all the facts. Ideally, um, they've had the ACAT already, but if they haven't, I help them with that process as well. And um, if after that conversation they choose, they think we would like to see all of our goals and plans and choices articulated in writing. Um, they then employ me to go away and I do a whole lot of research on their behalf and I prepare quite a comprehensive um, list of um, opportunities and um, options uh, along with risks and advantages for each one and uh, as a document, as a report. Basically, we call it a care solution advice report um, and that involves pretty well everything from ringing around all of our supplies if the person hasn't got financial advice and they don't like that, I give them the fee of the financial advisor. I give them the fee for a solicitor. If, if, the, if no one in the family, as an example, has power of attorney and it's something they've thought of that they would like or enduring guardianship, 
then I say, well, if you wouldn't like that, we can help set that up for you with our solicitor who's a partner or you can choose your own solicitor if that's what they want to do too. Um, so it is, it's very complex and that's what we're saying. There's no cookie-cutter approach at all because every client I see and the list of options are very different. So I go away, I prepare that report, I do all the research and I come back and I present that to them in person. Uh, sometimes the children might say, can you email that to me first before you go back to mum and dad because I'd like to look through it and then we, so we work on it together. It's very mm-hmm. consultative. Uh, and then I, yeah, then I go back and I take them through it and op- this is option one. So option one is you want to stay home as an example and in order to stay at home you might need a, um, a chairlift to take you up the stairs, you might need a ramp. You need home care. Someone's going to have to come in six hours a day and prepare meals and um, there's going to be some transport needed, food's going to be needed. It's it's quite a lot when somebody is at a point that they may or may not go to a nursing home but everything they'd get in a nursing home they want at home. Hmm. So I list it all out and then they look at that report, one, two, three options, however they want, and they say, look, we think as a family we've all looked at it, we've decided we want option one. And option one to stay at home is quite a complex process. So someone's going to need to get in touch with a solicitor. Um, we need, they need financial advice. They need a home modification expert to come and quote and do the home, get the home safe. They need home care. They need domestic support. Um, usually they, need, they do often need all these things or sometimes they just need a couple of them. And then they can say, well, thank you, we've got, we've got it now. We can articulate and see exactly what we want to do, how much it's going to cost, the types of services we need to choose. They can do it themselves or they can say, look, we would like you to project manage it. Um, and then I just basically become their person, their advocate. So I, whether it's option one, it's all on their own design. All I've done is articulated it, created a document that they can easily understand and explained it to them, and then I become their person, basically. And they call me 9am 9, 9 to 7pm Monday to Saturday, I'm email or phone, um, on a retainer if they want, or however they want to do it, but I become their person for the children. At the, this point in time, is it you and Les only? In the or business. do you have other people that can take over and be that person for you? you? As in, like, yes, you take over the business, or do you have other staff that can step in and help you? We have, um, well, we have our partners, our partners, partners in business. Who, so there, and there's quite a lot of those. Yeah. Um, there's, there's Les and I. We have, um, we have contacts um, who are I trust and who are experts. So if there are more clients than we or we're with another client, we need the backup support. We have people who we subcontract okay. to look after that. Yeah. It must be very satisfying what it's you're doing. It's hugely satisfying, yeah. I mean, because it's everything I would have loved to have done for my father and doing it really well on a whole new level because I've taken the time and the research. I can see the passion in your eyes. <laughs> it's really great just to see how much you love it. And as you're talking about it, you're smiling and... It's a very serious time in people's lives, but you've just got this nailed. It's wonderful. Thank you. This is this is the gap that we I felt I haven't seen anything, to be honest, like what we do. There's lots of advocates and people do different things, but um, New South Wales government recently, you know, said to us, "We've been looking for something like you for four years." Isn't that and an honour? Not seen anything like it. Yeah, so it's it's good. We um, I feel really proud of coming up with it, and I and I hope that more there are more like it, you know, in future, because I think we all people need advocates. So officially, how long has your business been running now? I dad passed away in 2015, so I started working on it early 2016 and did an official launch at the end of that year. Um, so we're yeah, two three years. In. And running your own business is a you know you talked about 
the board meeting at the coffee shop. It's complex. Mm, yeah, it's a lot of setting up because this business is quite complex in the back end. It's taken a lot of time even just to get the partnership network um, set up. Um, we've got a rehab partner. We've got solicitors, financial advisors, home modifications, archivers, um, downside, you name it, we've got it. And it takes a long time to get to know all of those people. Vetting those people that you know that you've got the right people yeah. is also very important, I imagine, because they're operating for your customers on on the trust that you've built with your customers, yeah, your, your clients, and not customers, yeah. but clients. And we, we know them very, very well. We know them from the managing director down through their organisation. So, we, you know, it's important that um, we, we have a certain culture within our business. Um, the client comes first in absolutely every circumstance, and our partners have to do that. Uh, in the same way. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have a relationship with them. They're in the best hands ever. That Their parents are in their best hands ever. Yeah. Mm. You know, the worst thing that, that can happen is that they get bad advice and they implement the bad advice because that, again, has a negative impact on on themselves and, and more importantly, on their parents. So, yeah, it, it's, it's important to get the right people around you. Let it be by the Beatles. Again, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the Beatles. We we love the Beatles. Uh, all our children love the Beatles. Um, our grandchildren are now bopping to the Beatles. So, I mean, the Beatles is the uh, the songbook of our life. I think, and uh, we just love it. That's that's the oh, reason we selected it. We had a baby granddaughter yesterday called Holly Lucy, and Lucy, the middle name, is after our first and oldest granddaughter, and she was Lucy Sky. Mace, and she's named obviously after the famous Beatles song. So, ah, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches eighty-eight point seven and ninety point three, your community radio station. I'm with with Louise and Les Mace from New Way to Stay. And before we finish up today, we've got a couple of really important things to talk about. Louise and Les, there's so many ageing employees these days. What sort of responsibility do employers have or can put in place for these employees? I think there's quite a few things. But one thing, because of our ageing population and more and more older people working to 65 and beyond... In the US, there are a lot of very proactive arrangements with employee benefits, providing aged care advice, aged care support for those people to help them stay at home so they're not like I was and you no doubt were at one point in your life trying to juggle a career and sometimes even leaving that career because the demands of that ageing parent become so strong. There's a lot that the corporate space can do. In Australia, to be honest, I haven't I've done a lot of research in this space because we would um, really love to be helping in that space as well. But it's very early days and there's not a lot of organisations that I've been able to see where there are any employee benefits available to help those older employees um, stay at work. And, and it's 70% women, which is probably no surprise to you too. There's the women at this age of gender equality and we're pushing for women to go into the senior roles and more women on boards. 
but the women seem to be getting more of the responsibility now with the ageing parents. Mm. Um, not to say there are plenty of sons that are doing it too, but statistically they are the facts. It's, it's more daughters um, missing out on careers or settling for part-time careers or stepping out of careers altogether. And we believe strongly that you know there are solutions that companies can put in place to protect those people, men and women, from losing their careers or jeopardising their careers um, and other people. There are other services and consolidated services that can advocate for them. And, you know, that's where what we're about and what we want to do. Yeah, for me, there was a lot of driving the Pacific Highway to the North Coast when my father was unwell and I had issues at work at the time as well and it wasn't particularly an easy mm. time of life. And I have another friend that's constantly three or four days a week driving two or three hours to spend time with her ageing dad and making sure she's there for his doctor's appointments, mainly because he mm. really didn't want to leave home mm. um, and he needs a full-time carer and that's not available and I know this particular person has just retired mm. and she was in a, a position where she was able to get time out of work. Uh, but that's not everybody's case. Some people are still trying to earn a living to yeah. get to the end of their financial career financially able to mm. um, sustain a long life after. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah, and we do right. have long lives ahead of us. Let's face it, we are likely to live to good, ripe old ages, yeah. as are our parents now. So, yeah, we just feel that the sooner um, there's a growth and a trend that ma matches what's happening in other countries in Australia for organisations to say, well, do we have employee benefits or anything to support our people uh, do we even know that they're struggling with those types of issues and that's why they're taking time off work or not coming into work or leaving work? The better, really. It's, um, it, it's happening everywhere and, and there's not many women. I'm 54. Um, it happened to me. Uh, pretty well every female in my peer group says it has happened to them. Mm. It's just happened to us recently mm. as well with, our, you know, with Les's family. So it, it's rife. It's happening everywhere. And if we want to retain good people in good jobs, and, and women as well, our industry needs to do something about it. Well, I've absolutely loved talking to you and I've learnt so much. How do other people find you if they really need to talk to you? Okay, well, there are, there are two ways. We have a 1800 number um, and that is 1800 370707. Uh, and we also have a website and it is newwaytostay.com.au. And uh, other than that, that that's pretty well it. Or they, yeah, can, they, can, they can email us too at inquiries at newwaytostay.com.au. And for me, uh, this will become a podcast at some stage, which is lovely because I just love my podcast because people can put them on in the car and listen or they can listen at leisure while they're cleaning the house, whatever. Mm. And the details will be up there when I, I post that podcast. Great. And I will let people know by Facebook Thank and you. by LinkedIn that those this podcast is available. Thank you, Karen. And we do have a Facebook page as well, so feel oh, free to follow us. And it's the same new way to stay. Yeah, yep, new way to stay. Yeah, well, I've liked Justin. the page, I believe, I'm, and uh, if I haven't, I make sure I do <laughs> like it. <laughs> thank you. So thank you for coming along today. It's mm. been really inspiring and so comforting to know that you're out there doing this and that we're in safe hands while you're out there putting time and effort into making lives comfortable towards the end. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Appreciate Karen. your time today too. You are more than welcome. 
So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five. It's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high. Swim across oceans wide. Let your heart be alive.